Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Hey, what a great night at River of Life. I just want you to know how excited I am about uh, our guest tonight. Uh, as Pastor Angie just mentioned a moment ago, it was six years ago. First of all, I met Jonathan, uh, I don't know how many years ago, at the Dream Center. And then we were going to have our 10-year anniversary, and we were trying to figure out who are we going to bring in, how are we going to do this, we got to do something big. And Pastor Angela said, hey, what about inviting Jonathan Martinez? Now, I'll be honest with you, I had heard Jonathan talk for like two minutes at the Dream Center uh, as he was leading Adopt-A-Block. He got up and led in prayer. And I said to her, I said, do we know if he can preach? And she goes, well, I'm sure he can. I think he can. And I said, well, is there anywhere online I can see if he can preach? And she, there wasn't, we couldn't find anything. And so we were like, well, I guess we'll invite him to come. And, uh, and obviously he can preach because we've had him multiple, multiple times since then. He is... He is one of my favorite people in the world, if I can be honest with you. We absolutely have just fallen in love with him and his whole family. Shannon and I got to go and spend some time with them in California. I got to preach at his church when he was there. And it's just been this great relationship. He has been here. We work him like a workhorse when he comes. Okay, we a third, he, he got here Thursday morning, Thursday night. I had him at Teen Challenge talking. Uh, on Friday, he talked to a bunch of pastors in town. And now he's going to preach here tonight. He's going to preach tomorrow morning. We're going to put him on a plane on Monday, right before the Packers beat his Raiders on Monday Night Football. Let's welcome Jonathan Martinez to the stage. Oh, man. Hey, can we give God some praise in church tonight, man? Listen, I love being at River of Life. I love it. Uh, To be honest, I don't preach often, uh, but I like coming here and worshiping with you guys. Let me tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I want to give you some reasons. There's something special about watching a multi-generational church. You know, you see the dad serving in the parking lot, right? And, and the son on the base at church. You see little kids that I saw a couple years ago. They're now like six foot four, but they're only 13. I mean, what do they feed them in Montana? You know what I mean? And so I, I, I used to think that I was at least somewhat tall for a, a Hispanic guy. You know what I mean? And then I get here and everybody's a monster, you know? And so I'm just so grateful. I feel like part of your guys' family. And I do just want to take a moment because obviously you guys know that, you know, who your pastors are and you love your pastors. And and I I get that. Um, And you should. But, um, you know, there's something special about when you can call someone at any time and they really legit take the time to pray for you, to listen to you. And uh, it's not on the gram, it's not online, it's just taking his own time to talk to someone in California as I'm trying to process my own life at times. And Pastor Jason, I love you, I love you, sir, I appreciate you, Uh, thank you for your investment in me uh, over the years, and I know Katie, on on behalf of my family, uh, we love you, we're with you, we believe in you, and we just know God's got a lot more on the way. Can I get an amen, church, right now? All right, all right. 
Well, if you're like me, I'm kind of one of these hustle guys. I'm always running. I'm always going. Um, I, I enjoy kind of keeping up, running around. And, and maybe, maybe if you are like me or raising kids, uh, you'll notice that there's so much demanding your attention at every given moment, right? At any given moment. I mean, it, it's either the kids' school, and then they started football, and then they started this sport, and, and then that sport. Um, and, and it can be overwhelming because it, you, you kind of have to decide which thing to do. And, and then you have to look at your life and go, well, what, what, what's important and what's not going to work for me right now? And in the process, you can deal with, with some guilt and, and feel like, well, well, where, where's the balance here? What am I going to do? And, and, and what do I choose? What's important to me? And I got to be really honest with you, just at the beginning of this sermon, um, I have had the privilege of being in ministry now for, um, wow, I think it's like 17 or 18 years. And let me tell you, when I was 15 years old, I was court ordered to a program called the, the Dream Center in Los Angeles. And I got busted with drug charges and, and it, it was just a crazy time when I was a kid. Well, when I got to this place called the Dream Center, if you haven't heard of it, there's a trip coming up. Sign up for the missions trip to the Dream Center. Have you been? Who, raise your hand if you've been to the Dream Center, man. Man, half this church has been to the Dream Center. It's awesome. Now, now, when I was 15 years old, I didn't know what the Dream Center was. So when I pulled up to this 400,000 square foot hospital, I thought it was the Church of Scientology. I mean, I don't know what this place is. And I get there and I'm meeting people from all sorts of different backgrounds. And, and, and some people barely speak English because they're from Sweden, but they're here on a mission trip. And I'm looking around the hospital. I'm like, yeah, a mission trip. All right. You know, like it was just so interesting to see these people there. But while I was there, they just loved on me. The people at this place called the Dream Center loved on me and they shared the gospel of Jesus. And, and if I'm honest with you, there's something they said that was really transforming for me. And, and this is one of the things they told me. They said, Jonathan, believe it or not, there's a day coming in your life where you'll look back and you'll say, God, thank you for the recovery program. Thank you for, 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 for going through a rehab program. And I remember them telling me, you're going to thank God one day that you were court ordered here. And I remember looking at them and being like, you're crazy just the way I thought you were, you know. <laughs> but let me tell you, 17 years later, I married my high school sweetheart. We've got four kids. I'd like to have a few more with her, but she's done. <laughs> And, and, and God has absolutely transformed my life. But um, when I came to the Dream Center, I was one of those cool kids, or at least I tried to be cool. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood where um, everybody kind of grew up and became part of the neighborhood gang. And, and I, I myself have never been this hardcore gang member type guy. I've always kind of been somewhat nice, you know, but, but, but I've always kind of had family that, that were involved in gangs. And so I kind of naturally gravitated because that was my family. Those were the friends. That was the environment that, that I was in. So when I got to the Dream Center, I, I, I remember I, I arrive at the steps of this place, like I told you, 400,000 square foot hospital, and I had just one little sack of weed in my pocket that I forgot I had in my pocket. So I get there, and this guy with a goatee comes up to me, and before you judge me, let me finish what I'm going to say first, okay? So here it is. He's a white guy. He comes up to me, and he says, hey, mijo. Welcome to the Dream Center. Well, if you know Spanish, mijo means my son. And I'm like, oh, this boy's about to get it. He's acting up, you know. He's calling me mijo. He doesn't even know who I am. And he hugs me and he says, we're so glad you're here. And I remember um, 
they go through security checkpoint. I, I go through and just before I do, I say, can I use the restroom? Can I just use the restroom? And they say, uh, yeah, sure, you, you use the restroom real quick. And I go in there and I take this sack of weed and I say, you know what, this is it. You know, this is a new season for me. And I take it and I look at the toilet and then I say, ah, oh, no, I can't throw this away. So instead, I stuff it down my pants. I go back into the church, I come out of the restroom. They search me. They don't find it. I think I got away with something. And in fact, I did. I, they walked me to a room and in my head, I'm thinking, no way. I got away with this. 15 years old in cool mode. And I walk into my room and I wait till about three or 4 a.m. And I thought to myself, well, if I don't smoke this weed now, it's gonna get old. It's gonna get old. And so, so I was in this room and I'm like, ah, but I have nothing to roll this with. And then I remembered my mom gave me a Bible. And I thought, well, Bible paper is perfect. <laughs> so I went in the kitchen and, and I promise there's a better part to this than this part of the story. <laughs> so stick with me here. Stick with me here. And I go in my room, I, I, I roll this joint, I, I go into the kitchen, I take a toaster and I'm trying to light, you know, trying to push down, light up, and I'm trying to lick and I'm trying to light up. And, and there I am just struggling. Finally, I get it lit. I'm getting high in this restroom. I'm blowing it out the side of this window. And man, I think I'm getting away with it. Well, the next morning, I, I legit did get away with it at that time. And the next morning, this guy walks up and he goes, hey, uh, night security last night said that there was kind of a funny smell coming from your room. And I was like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? And he's like, yeah, well, can you step outside, please? And here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. I, I, before I say that, I'll say this. He walks in my room and he starts flipping my bed and looking for, for stuff. Well, I had taken the leftover, the little bit of weed that I had and wrapped it up in a page of the Bible. And I stuffed it in one of the pipes. Well, would you believe it? These guys were like Navy SEALs, bro. I mean, they went through every pipe. They found it. And he looked at me and he said, you make a decision right now. He said, I'll give you grace, but you'll have to stay here in your room for a little bit. Or I'll send you back and you'll get locked up. And I remember I looked at him and I just... Like, it was like years of pain and, and trying to be something I wasn't. I'm looking at this guy, and at that time, I'm just a taco-eating, 15-year-old, 250-pounder, chubby boy that enjoys Mexican food. And I'm sitting there, and on my chubby cheeks, and I'm just like... <laughs> and it felt, on that day, it was October 27, 2003, all right? I broke, and from that moment on, my whole life began to change. I mean, I got, I got saved, I gave my life to Jesus. Can you guys clap on that part, please? Right, praise God. And, and I didn't just get saved, I got like oversaved, you know what I mean? And I got my Bible, literally, I would take the, 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 the two, the number two bus, the train, the blue line, the green line, and I'd have my Bible. And back then, when I first got saved, I, I literally, I felt like everybody needed to know about Jesus. And I'd go around and like talk to everyone about Jesus. And it was kind of the point where, when I say oversaved, kind of like, kind of the annoying Christian guy. You ever met that guy? Come on, let's be honest. 
a little much, you're saying a little much, you're talking a little much, and, and, and you're kind of always kind of Jesus and Jesus, and it's like, let's go get ice cream. You know, when I think about ice cream, you know, and you turn it into a sermon, you know, I think about the sweetness of my Savior, you know. I was just that guy. And I went, I broke up with my girlfriend in high school, and I told her, you know what, you're not coming between me and Jesus, sister, you know. Broke up with her. My brother uh, had some weed at the house. He was selling for me. He took it. I I, I took it from him, actually. I threw it away. I mean, I got jumped out the same day, right? When I went home for an eight-hour pass, I got jumped out. I came home with the black eye. I'm sorry, back to the Dream Center with the black eye. And I couldn't be happier. It was like this moment of transformation in my life. And then they began to love on me and disciple me and walk me through every step graciously and lovingly. So, so, so today, I want to talk to you about running with the message. Running with the message. Because the truth is, all of us are running, but sometimes it's kind of hard to know where we're going. Sometimes you're running and, and you're, you're, you're go, you're, you're, you, you know you're in a race, but you're kind of like, I don't know where to stop. And to be really honest with you, I don't even know where this is going. It, it can be easy to just, to just get into the, 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 the constant running and going and then find yourself, you know, nowhere at the end. It, it, it's similar to running on a treadmill. You're exhausting yourself. You're working out, but you're never really going anywhere, are you? And this is what we see in Scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse, verses 19 through 32. I'm going to ask you to be patient with me because there's a lot to read here. But I'm going to ask you to read along with me. Not, not literally read along with me, but I'm going to go ahead and read. And here's what, here's what it says. So just before I read this, Absalom had betrayed his father and he wanted to take over the kingdom. And when he did this, um, not, not only did he just just try to backstab his dad, but then he actually gossiped about his dad. You ever gossiped before? Man, I, I have, right? And, and, and what he did was he turned people against his dad. Eventually what happened was he got some, some of his dad's soldiers to be on his side, and, and, and the next thing you know, they're actually in a war. So King David sent out his main man, Joab, to go capture Absalom, his son. And he said, when you get him, please don't kill him. He's my baby boy. Just bring him on back. Well, what happened was when Joab went out there with his soldiers, they finally captured him because Absalom's long hair got caught on a tree. They pulled him down. And when they did, the following happened. Second Samuel chapter 18, verse 19 through 20. I'm going to read through this fast. Go with me. Then Ahimez, the son of Zadok, said, Let me run now and take the news to the king that Absalom is dead. So at this point, what had happened was Absalom's hair got caught and they pulled him off. They put put him to the side and Joab said, we got to kill him. Well, some of the soldiers said, no, 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 no. The king would be broken if you kill him. Ultimately, Joab said, said, nope, he's betrayed the kingdom and, and they killed Absalom. Sad situation. In the moment, it's tumultuous, it's dusty, it's crazy. And, and so, so Ahimez witnessed all this go down. And when he saw it go down, he goes, oh my gosh, this is crazy, it's dusty. I think Absalom's dead. So he starts to ask the question, let me run now and take the news to the king, King David, how the Lord has avenged him of his enemies. 
And Joab said to him, you shall not take the news this day, for you shall take the news another day. But today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, go tell the king what you have seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. And Ahimez, the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, but whatever happens, please, please let me run after the Cushite. So Joab said, why will you run, my son, since you have no news? He's basically telling him, you didn't even see what happened. He's like, you have no news. And so he says, but whatever happens, he said, please, please, he begged again, let me run. So Joab said to him, run. Then Ahimez ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. Now David was sitting between the two gates and the watchman went up to the roof. Sorry, went up, yeah, went up to the roof, over the gate, to the wall, lifted his eyes and looked, and there was a man running alone. Then the watchman cried out and told the king, and the king said, if he is alone, there is news in his mouth. And he came rapidly and drew near. Then the watchman saw another man running, and the watchman called to the gatekeeper and said, there is another man running alone. And the king said, he also brings news. So the watchman said, I think the running of the first is like running, like the running of Ahimez, the son of Zadok. And the king said, he is a good man and must come with good news. So Ahimez called out and said to the king, all is well. Then he bowed down with his face to the earth before the king and said, blessed be the Lord your God who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against my Lord. Then the king said, he said, is the young man Absalom, is he safe? Ahimez answered, when Joab sent the king's servant and me, your servant, I, I, I kind of saw a great tumult, but I did not know what it was all about. And the king said, turn aside, stand here. So he turned aside and stood there. Just then the Cushite came and the Cushite said, there is good news, my lord, the king. For the Lord has avenged you this day of all those who rose against you. And the king said to the Cushite, is the young man Absalom safe? And the Cushite answered, may the enemies of my Lord, the king, and all who rise against you to do harm be like that young man. Here we got a story of a sad, sad situation. A father has lost his son. Well, I want to give you some background on Kushites. Kushites were actually Ethiopian messengers. They made a lot of money back in the day. And specifically what they would do, it was their job during the war to witness the fight, what was going down in order to deliver a message to both parties. The Kushite was trained to observe and report. He would go, the war was going down right here. It's kind of like watching UFC front row. And it's just like, he's right there in the action. But now he's trained to use certain phrases that indicate exactly, excuse me, exactly what's happened uh, when the war took place. So a Kushite is trained for this purpose. They are trained as messengers. Well, you have a young man here named Ahimaz, and it's interesting because Ahimaz means this, brother of anger. We got a guy, Ahimaz, who is passionate, who's got a good heart, the Bible even says here that he is a good man. And here's Ahimez. He's part of the, the war that's going down. And he sees it all happen and it's dusty and, and they kill Absalom. 
And, and the Kushites standing there reporting, understanding, documenting exactly what's gone down. So the Kushite was made, prepared, informed. He has practiced. He has done this. It's a generational thing that the Kushites would do. They were, they were bred and they were made for being messengers. But you got this guy named Ahimez who seems to be really locked into his emotions. And in the moment, if you read the story, Ahimez finds himself overwhelmed, super emotional, and he goes up to Joab and he says, let me be the one to deliver this message to the king. Let, let me go. I'll go tell him what's happened. And Joab says, well, there's no business for you to go. You're one of our fighters. It, it's not your role or your position to even be on your way to go talk to the king. We'll send the Cushite because the Cushite, they're built for this. They understand what to do. But what happens instead? He continues to beg on. Please, no, you gotta let me go. You gotta let me go, you gotta let me go. And so, so what happens next? He takes off running. And here's what's interesting. When he takes off running, the Bible says this, that he runs through the plain. And it says that the Cushite, he didn't, he took the trail. And, and, and what's interesting here is you got a young man, Ahimez, who is motivated, who is pushed and passionate, right? Which is great but he's led by his emotions. And can I tell you something, church? Maybe you're like me in this area, but emotions are not good leaders. Hey, we all experience emotions. Can I get an amen church right now? But if you're not careful, you'll allow your emotions to control your actions. And when they do that, you'll be making decisions you never thought you'd make, but because of the, the moment, the passion, the excitement of something, you'll want to do something that you weren't trained to do, you're not ready to do, you're not prepared yet to step up to that platform and do that, but yet because you're in an emotional state, you'll ask, you'll say, you'll beg, and I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Finally, Joab says to him, you know what, bro, I'm telling you, you're not ready for this, you're not set up for this, and he says, please let me go. Again, pushing hard. Finally, Joab says, run. Go ahead and run. So, so he's running through the plain while the Kushite is steady Eddie running through the trail, right? But Ahimez outruns him. And here's what you'll notice in your life. And I want you to hear this, especially if you're younger. I want you to hear this. Listen, God's gonna put you on a path and you're going to see people sometimes that seem like they're going faster than you. You look over and you're saying, wait, my parents are teaching me. My church is teaching me to be pure before marriage. Like they're teaching me. But I'm seeing these girls over here. They're having a fun time. I'm seeing these guys at school and they're having a good time. And what you see is he runs through the plane. And I want to make this point to you because I want you to catch this. And here's what we learn from this. We learn that shortcuts always cut you short. They always cut you short. What do you got, Ahimez? He's fast. The boy's ripped for sure. I mean, if he could run through the plane like that, that boy was running. And he ran through the plane so fast, he got there before the Kushite got there. But let me ask you a question, church. What's the point of getting somewhere and then not having the message to deliver when you get there? See, see, what's the point of being on the hustle and bustle and in the process lose your marriage? What's the point of, of, of winning the world but losing your own soul? 
right? What's the point of, of, of loving all these other kids, but you got some kids at home you're not paying attention to? Right? We're not just running, church. We're running with the message. Can I get an amen right now? So here's what we see Ahimez do. He's running on the trail. It's just, it's kind of a flow. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I had to run because my heart was pulled to do this. We were raising money for human trafficking. I found myself running 11 marathons, 26.2 miles. And let me tell you what they tell you when you're training for a marathon. This is what they say now. I just want to clarify, that was so 10 years ago. So this bot's not there. It's not there. But I'm going to wrap this up here, but I want, you, I want you to stick with me here. He's running through the plane. And let me tell you right now, he's running fast, Ahimaz is. But the Kushite, he understands something that it's not about running fast. It's about pacing yourself. Can I get an amen, church? So he takes the trail. He's been trained to do this. He's not looking at him as going, oh man, he's running faster than me. That's not fair. He's like, I know what I'm doing. I'm not worried about running fast. I'm trying to make sure that I'm remembering the information of what took place. When, when Absalom died, I have to make sure I can communicate exactly what took place. Well, what happens? Ahimez, in his emotions, taking shortcuts, gets to the king. And the king says, what happened? And he says, yeah, it was crazy, man. The king's like, yeah, okay. Uh, is, is my son alive or is he dead? He's like, well, it was just super dusty, man. And, and here's what's sad. The sad thing is, is it's possible it's possible to just run and exhaust yourself and get somewhere and be tongue-tied when you get there. You know? But, but look at the Kushite. The Kushite arrives. And, 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 and here's the difference here between the Kushite and Ahimaz. Ahimaz gets there, and the truth is he saw what happened. You read it in the text. He actually saw what took place. The issue was this. He had the talent. He had the speed but he didn't have the boldness to tell the king that his son was dead. So he was a good man. He's a good person. He's a good person. But the issue we're having here is that he's a good person, but he hasn't been developed yet. There's some development taking place. And I think somebody needs to hear that tonight. There is some development taking place in your life right now. You know, you'd like to be the manager at work. Listen, listen, don't worry. I know you're just stocking the shelves right now, but let me tell you, if you stock the shelves consistently, you keep showing up, you remember who you are, you remember who God called you to be, you're, you're a servant everywhere you go. Let me tell you, it's just a matter of time. If you just stay on the trail, don't try to take the shortcuts and you stay consistent and you stay faithful and you don't forget who God's called you to be in the process. And let me tell you, you'll find yourself before the king. Amen. And I'm not talking King David. I'm talking King Jesus. Because church, listen, we're living for well done, aren't we? Not you did all right. No. We're, we're, we're living for well done. And I just want to get personal and real with you right now. I, I, I've pastored a church for the last seven, eight years. And um, I've been pastoring. I, I, I came into ministry after I graduated the recovery program. Fell in love with Jesus. I started running. I mean, I was doing outreaches and before you know it, we had thousands of people coming to church and people on buses coming to church. It was an amazing experience. And, and somewhere down the line, I started missing it. I had one kid, I had two kids, I had three kids, I had four kids. 
and, and what, 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 happened, what happened was I found myself exhausted. I was on the treadmill to nowhere. And let me tell you, sometimes pastors get exhausted. Can I get an amen, church? See, the, 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 this is why it's so important for you. You got to be praying for Pastor Jason. You got to be praying for your team here. And the reason why is they're on a race and they're human just like you. And I'm about to shock you with something. They deal with sin just like you. I know it's crazy. <laughs> and so it's our job to be praying, praying for our leaders that, that they're on, on the journey. And so, so for me, I kind of lost track. Now, I'm not saying nothing good's come from it. I'm not saying God hasn't taught me a whole lot. But let me tell you what I am saying. I'm saying you can be passionate and not be developed. You see, and God is developing you, right? You, you, you want to be that good husband and God's developing that in you right now. You, you want to own a business one day. Well, he's developing you right now at your current job. He's, he's doing a work in you and through you in order to get you there, not on empty, but to get you there and still have the message. Yes. Yes. The Cushite got there. He looks at David. David says to him, hey man, is he alive? And what does the Cushite say to him? He says, hey, may what happened to Absalom happen to every person that stands against the king. He was able to deliver the heavy news because he was prepared to deliver the heavy news. He was well-paced to get there and deliver the message. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11, it says this, I have observed, this is King Solomon speaking, who also happens to be the son of King David. And so I, I, I don't know for sure, this is just my opinion, but it seems to me he's almost alluding to the story Possibly, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying, it, this is what he says. He says, I have observed, I've seen this. This is Solomon speaking, Absalom's brother. He says, I have observed something else under the sun. The faster the runner doesn't always, the faster runner doesn't always win the battle. Check that out. It's King Solomon speaking, the wisest man that ever lived. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24 it says, run with purpose in every step. We're not just shadow boxing. That's Paul speaking there, the message. In Proverbs chapter four, verse seven, it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all you're getting, get understanding. See, what God's doing in you and, and through you right now is this, he's developing you. I mean, when I see Seth up here, I mean, is he not an anointed worship pastor? Come on, church. But let me, let, let, let me tell you, and I'm giving you some heavy news here. About 20 years ago when he was learning the guitar, it didn't sound like that. It didn't sound like that. What is it? It's consistency. It's showing up. It's, it's making a habit. So similar to going to church, let me tell you, I, I, I'm working now a corporate job. I'm no longer a pastor. I work a corporate job back home. And let me tell you, by the time Thursday comes around, I've been in so many meetings and, 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 and so many conversations that I can't wait to get into God's house. Like one of my biggest goals this year, and you might laugh at this, but because it's kind of small, but it's a big deal for me. One of my biggest goals 
is I need to be in church every single weekend. I mean, if I can't make the Sunday service, I'll make the Saturday because our church has a Saturday as well. If I got to come, I'll come to Sunday. The thing is, it's not just that, should I go? Should I not? No, no, I need to go. In order to lead my house well, I need to be in God's house. Can I get an amen, church? And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because, because the book of Acts talks about this. And they came together in the breaking of bread, fellowship, let me tell you, there's something about church because I, I'm bringing my kids in. I'm dragging these kids in. And they're going, no, daddy, daddy, daddy. And you're crying. And you got the other one, you're carrying them. And here's what I love about church. I'm coming into church with my crying kid or, or maybe I got in an argument with my wife on the way to church. Anybody else done that before, right? And so, no, not you, not you. No, no, just me, just me. And here's what I see. I get to church, watch this. And here I see another family. And a dad's got his kid on his lap and he's just trying to keep the baby like busy and I look over and I see oh they're raising a family they're making time for God's house oh my and it encourages they don't even know it they're sharpening me as a believer and I'm going oh if they can do it I can do it in Christ too Next thing you know, you show up to church, you start saying to yourself, man, I, I wish I was a better husband or I've made some mistakes in my relationships in the past. I've, I've broken my wife's heart. I've betrayed her or vice versa. And then you get to church and you find out everybody else here is just as messed up as you. Can I get an amen, church? And you can look at them and say, welcome to the river, baby. Welcome. And so I, I, guess, I guess the message tonight is this. Let's run, church. Let's run. Let's run for sure. But let's not miss the message in the process. Let's run, church. Let's run. But let's not cut, cut, cut ourselves short by taking shortcuts. And God's trying to do something in the long game. Can I get an amen, church? God's trying to do something in your marriage. And you're already ready to, to say, I'm done. It's over. Hey, hey, be patient. Hey, God might be doing a work in that marriage. And he may be creating a testimony out of that test. Can I get an Amen. He's doing something in you and through you and, and for his glory. So I'm going to ask the worship team to, to come up here if they wouldn't mind. And, and here's what I like to do, church. If you'd say, man, there's a whole lot trying to get my attention. I'm trying to raise my kids. And, and man, I had these dreams. And then I just feel like I don't know where to go and how to go. Let me tell you, regardless of what place you're at in life right now, God is developing you while you're running the race. So in just a moment, I guess right now, in this moment, if you wouldn't mind just bowing your heads and closing your eyes right where you're at right now. And, and I'm not asking you to do that because anything like spooky or weird happens. It's, it's only because I don't want you distracted right now. I want you to have a moment between you and God. I don't want you to worry about me up here if I'm looking at you or if the person next to you is looking at you. There's just something about choosing to say, I'm just going to stay steady Eddie today I'm just going to stay on course you know I don't know who I'm talking to and I don't want to pretend that I that I did get a word I didn't I didn't but here's what I can tell you right now there is probably someone in here right now that already feels like giving up throwing in the towel let me just encourage you sister let me encourage you brother hey stay on the path he is developing you I know it, it, it doesn't seem fast enough. I know it, it, it doesn't seem like it's happening right now. It, 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 you, you wish it could happen sooner. Let me just remind you, he is developing you. He's doing a work inside of you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed right now, 
if that's you today and you're, you're a mom that says, man, I'm trying to raise these kids. I'm, I'm trying to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I'm trying to come to church and I'm trying to keep my marriage solid. I'm, I'm trying to clean the house and make the food and, ah, and all these things going on. Let me just remind you, mama, you're on course. Maybe your dad that says, man, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to provide. It's been hard for me to lock down a job and, and make steady income for my family. I'm, but I'm on track. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely trying. But, but man, I'm just getting a little discouraged. Let me remind you, dad, that there's, a, there's a, a statistic that just came out. And I've been on these statistics lately. But did you know that when a mother comes to church, she has the chance of of bringing about 17%, I think it is, of her home with her. There's a 17% chance that her whole home, husband and kids come to church. If the children come, I think it's something like 27%. But if the father gets to God's house, you have a 91% chance that the whole family gets saved. Did you know that? Men, can I tell you, you are absolutely needed in God's house. We need you. We need you encouraged. We need you focused. We need you on trail. We need you looking over at the shortcut and saying, ah, no, thank you. I'm just going to stay steady. You know, you know what will get you off course so fast? And, and listen, I, 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 I'll invite you down here in just a moment, but I just want, I want to tell you this. The number one thing that will knock you off course and get you taking shortcuts is this, a spirit of offense. It'll crawl up in you. They looked at me funny. They said that. It sounded like they said it to me. They, 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 uh, he said, the she said, what if they don't like me? Let me tell you, you can come in here with your trauma, but let God heal you in the process. So with every head bowed and every eye closed right now, if you say, man, I'm ready to run, but when I run, I, 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 I'm going to stay on course. I'm going to trust Jesus in the process. So with every head bowed and every eye closed right now, if that's you right now, and you'd say, man, tonight I make a declaration that not only will I run, but I'll run and stay steady on the path. I'm going to let God do the work, the preparation in my marriage. I'm going to let God do the work inside of me. I'm going to let him develop that idea in me. I'm going to trust him that he's going to do it in his time. I'm going to count to three right now. And if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand right where you're at. If today you want to make a decision to follow Jesus and get on course in the race, on track, steady. If that's you right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, one. You've already made up your mind. You can sense it in your heart. You're like, man, man. Two, every head bowed, every eye closed. And when I say three, I just want you to raise your hand right where you're at right now. And I want to specific, I want to come down, I want to pray for you. So if that's you right now, and you'd say, man, I'm making a decision to get on course with Jesus. I'm taking my first step tonight. I'm giving my life, my heart, my, my trust. I'm placing it in Jesus tonight, right now. Three, lift your hand right where you're at right now. Awesome, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Awesome, I see you, I see you. You can put your hand down if you don't mind. Now, if you're a brother or a sister in the Lord, maybe you serve here, maybe you're on staff here, and you'd say, man, to be honest, man, I've been getting, whew, it's been a little overwhelming. Let me tell you, you're in the, you're in the soul business. And pastor, staff member, volunteer, leadership, we need you. We need you equipped. We need you focused. We need you solid. I'd love to lay hands and, and, and pray for you. 
Maybe you're a Christian in this room and you're, you're, you're that mom that says, man, I've been going through it. I'm overwhelmed. This is my second invitation, the second group of people. The first group I've already asked and they raised their hands, but you, you who'd say, man, I, I, I needed to hear this because I got to get and stay on track, steady following Jesus. If that's you right now, could you raise your hand? Awesome, I see you. I see you, sister. I see you, brother. I see you, sister. I see you. I see you, sister. Awesome. You put your hand down. We're going to sing this song. If you don't mind standing to your feet right where you're at, we're about to dismiss after this song. I promise you that. But, but just before we do, I, I, can't, I can't not take advantage of this moment for you um, to, to, to just allow me to pray with you. And our Connections pastor and lead pastor, they'll come up. They'll pray with you as well. And, if you don't mind standing your feet right where you're at, we're going to sing this song in just a moment. And if you lifted your hand, listen, Jesus was not ashamed of you when he died on the cross. The Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so if that's you today, you made a decision to say, man, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Or you said, man, pastor guy, the guy talking up there, man, I, 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 I need it. It was a reminder for me to stay on course. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat right now and I want to pray for you. I'm going to put this mic down. I'm going to ask you to come to the front right now. Come on, come on. Come out of your seats. Come on down. Come on down. I want to pray for you. Awesome. Come on, church. Give them a round of applause. They're coming forward. Come on, church. Awesome. Thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.